Hello, welcome to the Awake 58 podcast. I'm Nation Han, your host. Today, we had a chance to catch up with Anita Brown Graham, the NC Impact Initiative Director, and the Gladys Hall Coates Professor of Public Law and Government at UNC, and Cecilia Holden, the CEO of My Future NC, the statewide nonprofit focused on attainment. Those two groups have joined together to launch the My Future NC Local Educational Attainment Collaborative. Today, we find out how you could join if your community is interested, what success looks like for this new collaborative, and, of course, I ask Anita and Cecilia to weigh in on some of their favorite restaurants, books they're inspired by, and what they've been doing to keep themselves busy during the pandemic. Hint, it involves a lot of texting of one another. Thank you for listening this week. Give it a go. Let us know what you think and let us know any story ideas you have as we proceed. Hey y'all, it's Nation. I'm so glad and thrilled to be joined today by my good friends, Cecilia Holden of My Future NC and Anita Brown Graham of NC Impact. Um, Both are friends, Anita a longtime friend, and Cecilia more recent, uh, and they are both doing great work out in the state. So today we're here to talk about a new initiative, and Cecilia, I think you're gonna tell us a little bit more about the work. Absolutely. So we're really excited to partner with Anita and the School of Government and NC Impact on an opportunity for us to be able to take this state-led work, but to be able to move it down to the local levels. And we have an opportunity for local communities to apply to be a participant as a collaborative that is the full education to workforce continuum. And with that, what does this mean? It means that we will be able to partner with our local communities. Uh, On the front end, our intent is to select 10, and then we will serve as a convener and connector across the network of these collaboratives so that we can learn from one another, have best practices uh, that are shared out, figure out what resources each of the local communities need so that we can help to provide those at a broader scale Uh, position to provide toolkits for these local communities. Uh, So we're really excited to be able to really get boots on the ground and working with the local communities based on these collaboratives. Yeah, so um, thank you Nation for having us. This is just wonderful. It's always so much fun to be with you. Um, We have this great big goal for North Carolina. Two million um, people with post-secondary degrees or credentials by 2030, and that's in uh, nine years. No stress, Cecilia, no stress at all. So how are we gonna gonna do that? How are communities going to play their part in helping the state reach this goal? Well, one thing we know, it's not gonna be just up to our educational institutions. Everyone who understands anything about how people go into careers, recognize that getting those credentials and getting connected to work takes a village. And so these collaboratives are really just that. It's about figuring out at the local level, what is the village that comes together to support people, both youth and adults who are seeking um, to upskill themselves who's in that village along with educational institutions, 
we're talking local governments, we're talking employers, we're talking social services, we're talking not-for-profit organizations. You just think about all the people who have to touch in order for there to be success. And we now have an organized way to bring those folks together in these cross-sector collaboratives that will be laser focused on increasing post-secondary educational attainment in communities all over North Carolina. So Nita, I'm gonna throw this next question to you just to build off of that and explain to us a little bit more about the genesis of this project. Uh, you certainly have explained what it aspires to be, but where did it come from? Well, as many of your listeners will recall, when um, the My Future NC Commission was first um, launched, and that's the commission that led to this goal, um, many of us spent time going around the state just listening to communities and trying to understand what they saw as the barriers for post-secondary attainment. One of the beautiful, beautiful things that came from that listening tour, though, was the recognition that lots of communities were already trying to figure out ways to dismantle specific barriers. And so we looked around the state and thought it would be really cool to profile some of those collaboratives. We call them, as you might recall, Nation, the Bright Spots. We didn't do anything with the collaboratives. We just pointed them out and shared their inspiring stories with the rest of North Carolina. This is an opportunity now to go back to those kinds of collaboratives and to bring new ones into the fold. And instead of just profiling them, we're committed to engaging with them in this two-year intensive peer learning effort so that we can figure out how to get each of them to have an outsized impact on their local goals for my future NC. Going back to Cecilia, thank you for sharing a little bit about the the back a little bit of the backstory. Uh, Cecilia, why does this work matter? I mean, why if, if I'm a if I'm a county commissioner or if I'm a school board member or a college president or a superintendent saying in my my county, either in the far east or the far west or you know areas that are closer to three or four or five other state capitals than Raleigh, why should I care? And and why does this work matter to to me? First of all, educational attainment is the gateway to economic prosperity. It's the pathway out of poverty. Um, and if I'm a local county commissioner, then certainly I care about my community in a number of ways. I want every individual in the community to be a contributing citizen, but I also am concerned about making sure that I can fund the different things that are necessary to run a community. So the more engaged your citizens are, um, the more that they're contributing to society there. So it's not only for economic prosperity for individuals, but it's also economic prosperity for the local communities, for businesses and the state as a whole. Nation, if I might just add, this, this was important work a year ago. It turns out that today it's urgent work. Creating pathways for young people and displaced workers in the post-COVID economy is going to require this kind of dogged attention to pathways. Let me just, just share a couple of things that, that, that strike me as, as important to 
emphasize in, in this moment. First time community college and college enrollment nationally dropped 21% during the pandemic. Our high school dropout rates are predicted to more than triple in some parts of the country and in some parts of the state. We all know our state's low wage workers experience tremendous displacement. 23% um, fewer low wage workers are employed now than prior to the pandemic. What are we gonna do with all these folks who need to come back into our education to career continuum? And what are we gonna do with all of the students who have been engaged in remote learning for the last year? And we're not quite sure where they are in terms of their mastery, but we know that we have to accelerate them. So this was always important work, but given what we have seen over the last 12 months, we have got to run hard and fast to make up time. So I think you've begun to, des to describe what success would look like for the project, right? Making a difference for the people you just described, making a difference for communities, pushing us towards the statewide attainment goal. But looking out, you know, two years when this pilot project concludes and maybe looking out in 2030 when we're all gathered together to reflect on whether we met the state's goal, um, what would success look like from your perspective, for each of you, uh, for your respective organizations and for the state, should these 10 or, you know, I presume that maybe additional communities would be added later, but should these 10 communities succeed? What does that look like? Well, let me start first, because um, it's important for me to say, from my perspective, success is being able to hand to Cecilia a set of evidence-based interventions that we know work across North Carolina. So Cecilia is in this for the long haul. She'll be pushing our state along all the way through 2030. What we're doing over the next two years is building a model. Um, and it's my hope that we offer a model that is perfectly packaged that allow Cecilia to do just what you said, Nathan, help lots more communities utilizing these strategies. So now I wanna hear what Cecilia thinks is success so that I can be sure that that package that I give her is exactly the package she wants to receive. Fantastic, thank you, Anita. Um, I'm gonna say, what's the so what of this work? And it's really important that we not just keep our eyes on a 2 million by 2030 goal, but we break it down for each of the local communities and that they are positioned through the work of these collaboratives to have a seamless pathway for our students. And I think if we can look at this work through the lens of the students and also through the lens of our business community, and if we provide a seamless pathway that transitions students all the way through and into a job that is high demand, high growth, pays a living wage, or whatever pathway works for that student so that they are engaged in the community, that is a successful project. And it's not just for 2030. Our goal is to lay a foundation that transcends 2030. We want every single child in North Carolina to learn how to read. We want every single child in North Carolina to have an opportunity after high school that does lead to a living wage job so that they have a chance to either get out of poverty, provide for their family, to be able to have a self-sustaining wage that they can feel comfortable with 
that also positions them with a place in society so they feel a part of a local community. I have my marching orders. So I know you have a webinar coming up that will explain uh, some of this, but for those who, who missed the webinar, um, if I hear this podcast and I wanna nominate my community or get involved, how would I go about doing so? People can go to our website, ncimpact.org, where they will find the application materials. Um, applications are due by March 29th. We already have applications rolling in, which is unbelievable. So I encourage people to get, get to work on it. Um, we also will have a recording of a webinar where we gave people opportunities to ask questions about the RFP. And so I encourage those folks who missed the webinar to listen to the recording. I'm sure they'll be able to get lots of their questions answered there. And Cecilia, is there, do you want to add on any, any ways in which folks in the local community might be able to get involved with, with my future beyond the, the, this pilot? Absolutely. So this is not what we would consider to be an exclusive opportunity. We want to work with every single local community out there. We certainly would encourage communities to think about what of the what geographic area makes sense for a local collaborative. And in some areas of the state, it might be one county. Other areas of the state, it could be multiple counties. Often people look at commuter patterns based around, you know, your commerce prosperity zones and business and industry. Um, we want to continue to engage with every local community, whether or not they're a part of this formalized two-year collaborative, ways they can get engaged. We've already been engaging um, all of our local K-12 public school districts through the FAFSA campaign. Uh, we have 42 priority districts that we've been very closely partnering with there. We will continue to roll out additional efforts. One that's coming up probably April, May timeframe is gonna be around disconnected youth. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that we will partner with our local communities, but we would encourage every single local community to stand up or allow us to lift up a cross sector collaborative that does in fact involve education all the way through to the workforce, business communities, um, you know, your chambers of commerce, et cetera. So reach out to, myfuturenc.org and allow us to be able to partner alongside you in the important work that's already underway or to assist you in standing up some important work that allows us to break down the 2 million by 2030 to what makes sense for your local area of the state. For those who do not have the pleasure of knowing you, um, I'm going to throw a couple of questions your way that I hope are, are fun and, and reflective of, of each of you. Um, so first of all, the thing that has me most optimistic right now is seeing all so many friends and folks I hope to call friends uh, being vaccinated across the state. What are what are one or two things that have you super optimistic and inspired both of you, Cecilia and Anita? Inspired specifically about this work or just in general? Just in general, something that has you really optimistic as we as we as we're sitting here in March of 2021. So I'm optimistic because I think that while the pandemic has absolutely been challenging for many, many individuals, for all of us, but others um, even more so, it also brings so much opportunity. It has, number one, shown a light on a lot of things we already knew to be true, but it allowed those to be elevated in a way that I think will help to provide some momentum across the state that maybe otherwise could have taken years or not ever necessarily gotten to where we need to be. 
So I'm really optimistic there. I think it's going to spur innovation. We are not the same state we were. We're not the same nation nor the same world. And so I think that what we're going to be able to do is to come out of this with a whole different perspective with the disruption that the pandemic has created. With that also comes opportunity. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm really energized and look forward to coming out of this pandemic, but also being able to leverage what we have learned through this process. Following on Cecilia's point about innovation, I am inspired by the can-do attitude of people across North Carolina, notwithstanding all of the disruptions caused by COVID. I'm excited that for our um, webinar, we literally had someone from almost every county registered, every one of the 100 counties, which said that innovation is happening in every corner of our state. And then on a less work-related matter, I'm really excited that my older daughter is engaged, not so much because I think she should get married, but just because it says to me that life goes on personally for all of us, life goes on. Oh, congratulations to her for that. So, you know, what if anyone who knows me knows I love to find good food. So what's a restaurant or two that as we resume traveling across the state, we should be on the lookout for? Um, Cecilia, I'm going to let you go first and then Anita. Oh, goodness. Um, you know what? I'm going to say that I, I had an opportunity when I was with the Department of Commerce to travel with the secretary from one end of the state to the other. He was a big fan of hot dogs. And we ate at every single hot dog stand you could ever imagine. Um, Nation, I'm going to have to get back with you because there was one in particular that was outside of Chapel Hill that was truly a thrift store that you go in and you can order anything from a pork chop sandwich to a hot dog to a hot plate lunch. And I don't have the name of that place, but I, it literally is the one place that I would say, uh, I need to give you the name because everybody needs to stop there and either get your thrift furniture or get yourself a hot dog. Well, track, Anita? It down, track it down and we'll put it in the article that, that supports this podcast. Anita, what's one or two places we ought to check out? All right, well, you all know that I live in Durham and I'm a Durhamite snob. So I, you know, just walk downtown Durham anytime, any day and pick a restaurant. It'll be one of the best meals you've had ever. Sounds like a candidate for mayor of Durham's. <laughs> <laughs> Final question before we, before we depart. Uh, what's a, a book or two that's on your nightstand that you, you might want to share with the, with the state as we, as we think about other ways to spend our time during COVID-19? I have a couple, so let's see. I don't know if it's one you want to share with the state, but uh, I like to read everything from fiction to nonfiction and try to grow my uh, brain at the same time, disconnect and not have any kind of true intellectual stimulation in the evenings. And so right now I'm reading uh, John Grisham, The Summons, almost finished. And then the other is The Power of a Positive Team. And I think that as we've grown the My Future in Team, My Future NC team over the last year, we've grown it during the midst of a pandemic. Um, I have individuals I've not met person to person. And I think that the power of a positive team is, is so important. I'm looking forward to finishing the book, but so far it's a really good read. Excellent. Um, the book that's sitting on my 
bedside table was given to me for my birthday. It's called the Victoria's Mindset. Um, I haven't opened it, but I look at the title like every day and I think to myself, yes, this is a book that I will read. Excellent. Well, thank you both so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I know how busy you both are, but uh, we are looking forward to covering and documenting this uh, collaborative work as it unfolds. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing it develop. Nation, thank you so much for doing this. You're always right in there in the trenches with us making good things happen. We really appreciate you. Thanks to two of my buddies. You didn't say that you were texting with me during the pandemic. As because Nation, Nation didn't ask me the I hobby know, right? question. I was all prepared for the hobby question. <laughs> so, all right. So that's your hobby, texting one another. Pretty much. That, that does not speak well for us, Anita. Maybe we should leave that off the podcast. <laughs> well, thank you both so much. Really appreciate it. As always, thank you for listening to the Wake 58 podcast. For more community college content, our latest stories, research from across the state, or information that you can use in your daily life, check us out at ednc.org. If you have ideas for topics, people we ought to interview, or stories that we ought to tell, feel free to tweet us at awake58nc. That's awake 58 NC on Twitter. Thank you so much for being part of our Awake 58 community.